1: Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host Kevin DeVries and as always if you'd like to reach us at the podcast you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPL Roundtable at gmail.com. All right we are here with an Arsenal update here on transfer deadline day joined of course by Dan you can find on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits you can also find his writings and voice on EPL index and obviously this podcast as well uh so an absolute pleasure having you back on dan uh as far as transfers go the big one looming all day finally gets done minutes before the end of the window uh is the signing of thomas Partey, of course from atletico madrid um he's obviously a very good player it sounds like it's going to be pretty big wages numbers i've seen anywhere from 200 to 260k a week um First of all, I guess we'll just start with with the purchase and the player. Are, are you glad to have him in, and, and where do you see him fitting in in the midfield?
2: Um, so my opinion on him is uh, complicated. I think he improves us. He improves the team. I think he is a better player than the current midfielders we have now. Um, but for the price we are paying for him and the wages, um, based on the Guardian's reporting in the Athletic, it's about. To, it looks like it's about two hundred fifty k a week. Um, the Guardian officially reported two hundred fifty k, and the athletic you can just kind of reverse math if they said in excess of 100 million euros so if you you know take away the transfer fee and then take the wages it eventually gets to around 250k a week so that's what i'm assuming it is um i don't think he improves this enough to justify the resources we're giving to him um like i think he, a, a midfield of parte and ceballos could be pretty good but considering we're spending a lot of money um like 50 million euros in in the circumstances everyone's in with the pandemic and no fans, which will significantly um, decrease our revenue. Um, apparently, according to the report, according to John Cross, um, Kroenke had actually had to uh, underwrite this. So we're already dipping into the owner's pockets. Um, all that money for a midfield that could be pretty decent is not great. Um, so, in terms of just the improvement he gives us, I'm not sure it's enough. And then, in terms of where that improvement takes us, that's the other thing. Um, if we were like clearly the fifth best team, this could move us to a fourth best team. Absolutely do it. That's a very meaningful barrier to hop over. Whereas I think this is more, it might move us from like the seventh or eighth best team to like the, maybe the fifth or sixth. Um, that's less meaningful. Obviously, even if you're saying we're going to the eighth best team and the sixth best team, that's fewer spots than five to four, but it's just a much less meaningful barrier. Um, we make significantly less money off it because we're not, we wouldn't, you know, theoretically wouldn't be in the champions league in that. Um, so as much as I do think he's a decent player um, and that he improves the team, the uh, I, I don't really like the signing. The age profile doesn't really make sense for position we're in as well because um, I I am very much under the impression we're probably not making top four of this season. I think we're pretty clearly worse than Liverpool, City, United, Chelsea, Spurs, Everton, and maybe Leicester. Uh, Everton and Leicester are a bit more from here, but I, I really think like Everton have looked very good, and I was pretty – Low, I thought they definitely had a high ceiling this year, whether it came together or not, we didn't mm. know. But DCL looks to have taken the leap, or at least might. Hanez is really good still, even if he's a bit old. Same with Allen. Like those were two. Those were almost similar to Partey. And like yeah, they're old, so may, not, may not be great signings, but they're very good still, or they are very good. Yeah, and they're um, a better like,
1: team now for having them.
2: Yeah, they're a much better team now for it, and they who knows might make a top four run. Uh, I kind of doubt it, but at least a Europa League run. Um, but so I don't think we're going to finish top four and party's already 27 so by the time we're we're unlikely to make any of that money we've invested back um, so you know, investing all those resources for a player who makes us a bit better and that improvement is not a significant benchmark to reach I don't really agree with it um, you know hopefully I'm wrong hopefully he's just a better player than I think he is um and that and the team is better than i think it is but if it's not this could look to be a not a great signing um even if he is a good player and i do think does improve the team
1: yeah it kind of sounds like your thoughts on william that we talked about in the summer a bit but sticking with Partey a bit more i know jacques has finally gotten back into the side he can play kind of that, that furthest back, either in a midfield three or, or in a four, two, three, one. Do you think we'll see maybe the latter with him next to Parte,
2: or do you think that they're rotated with each other? Um I'm not sure what I think we'll see. Um I, I that's probably a decent bet because um, Arteta seems to really like Xhaka, and Xhaka's gonna be a very important voice in the dressing room uh, as well as on the pitch. Um, for whatever faults you see him as a player, and I see plenty. Um he definitely seems like he's an excellent leader based on just all reporting and the fact that players love him. Um, and he seems, he does seem to have that kind of, you know, in basketball, the analogies, but the coach on the floor as mm-hmm. the point guards, the coach of the floor. He seems to have that about him. Um, so there's a decent chance he plays regularly, which means it could be um, Xhaka or and party. Maybe it'll be party and Tobias. I don't know. I think that's what I'd prefer, but I don't know. We'll see how they, you know, how they pair together. A lot of a lot of midfield partnerships really do end up between like chemistry and how they work together, um, as opposed to, you know, what you imagine in your head. What I imagine in my head is that Ceballos and Party would probably be the best one, but I don't know if that's what we'll see. And that could be wrong. Who knows? All right. Well, we'll certainly
1: keep an eye on that. And I do think one of the good things about having that many talented midfielders is it does let you change things around. I think that's one of the things that we're seeing. Um, at Tottenham now is all of a sudden we have depth and we're like oh we can line up differently for different oppositions to try to accomplish different things so if anything I think that's really the benefit for you there is if you're trying to play defensively you can play Xhaka with Partey if you're trying to play in a more attacking style then yeah it could be uh, Ceballos as you mentioned Um, we've already mentioned a lot of other names here uh, but on the whole for this window you get in Gabriel uh, from Lille if memory serves You bring in Willian, who I just mentioned. Pablo Mari and Cedric both have their loans turned into permanent deals. The Cedric one I think I was a little surprised by because when he was hurt when he joined, I kind of felt like that was going to be the, oh no, who was the Swedish guy that joined in the January window? Kim Kalstrom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And like nothing ever happened. Um, On the way going out, speaking of the midfield areas, you have Torreira and Guendouzi both go out, who at one point were supposed to be the future of the Arsenal midfield. Also, uh, I'd say you let Martinez go, but getting $20 for your backup keeper is a very good bit of business, considering we couldn't even convince Everton to take Gazaniga on alone. Um, But with all of those pieces moving in and out, how do you view Arsenal's window on the whole, and do you think it fit a particular strategy, or was it just buy good players when they're available
2: um uh it's weird because i think better team flow no but i'm also not particularly high of a window uh both a William and party deals really just color my view of it pretty negatively um like long term but like we were saying in theory you're a better yeah, team with both yeah in theory we're a better team today again back to the whole party thing it's how much better we are and does that improvement hit a certain barrier which i don't think it does um and then when it doesn't, that means we're gonna still be relying on these guys to get us to that point when they're, when their contracts are still going and they're not as good players um, when they're on the decline, uh, if they're not already on the decline. In Williams' case. Um... i don't love the window on the whole gabriel looks really good though if we're gonna if i'm gonna throw out a positive he looks great it's early obviously so that could change but to this point no reason to no reason to think he'll be anything other than a success so that's really nice because you know a good center back 23 years old that's an objectively good signing um he interesting thing about the sheffield united game yesterday actually was that he was preferred to david louise in the center of the back three he actually pushed Luiz to the right um so whatever that means maybe it's just be can only play in this or they just can't play there i don't know but the fact that he was preferred to louise and forced him out who is our most experienced central defender and uh, generally seems pretty well liked in the club throughout the club um seems significant so that's nice again he's very good um but the Be- 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 willian really Mari and cedric deals they're weird because we don't really think of them as part of this window but technically they are um don't love those either uh especially cedric like we have three right backs now which um, just doesn't, doesn't make sense. We gave him a lot of money and he's pretty old. Um, so, that uh, those signings don't look great. Um, and then, one thing that I think uh, is significant that we didn't do was we really didn't sell players when we have the chance. Martinez is actually a great example of good business where he's a player who doesn't really, he's not a need um and we got a lot of money for him so that's especially in a window where it looks like it's very difficult to get cash up front considering the circumstances um to get 20 million for a backup keeper as you say yeah, is that's a great excellent huh? business really fantastic um the the obvious um counterpoint to that and a counterpoint counter example to that is ainsley mate and niles where it felt like it seemed based on reporting we had a concrete offer of between 15 and 20 million um depending on the source and we did not take it uh apparently our title really did not want to let him go which uh you know that that is what it is but now we have three right backs and we you've seemed short money at the end of a window um it may or may not have been the difference between us getting out or not we don't i, I would have said that had we not signed party now i'm less sure but um i, I think that was a real opportunity because i a lot of arsenal fans really like Anthony niles because you know he's a homegrown player um he's kind of fun he's like got a good personality, he takes insanely good penalties, but ultimately that's not necessarily what you need in the right back, especially if Hector Bellerin looking really, really good lately. Um, I don't know how many minutes he'll get. And like if we could get actual cash in a window like this where it's hard to get that, um, I think we should have sold him. Uh so that's another point. That's not even necessarily against window, it's just like it could have been better, but we don't know that for a fact. Um, so it's kinda tough to tough to manage. But I don't know. I think the overall squad management wasn't great. Um there are some possible high points. If the Partey deal works out, then that's look, Then that improves it a lot, uh, even if I don't think it will. The Gabriel is a high point. Ceballos on loan isn't bad again, but I, I do think on the whole it's more negative than positive.
1: Gotcha. If you had to put a grade on it, where would you go?
2: Um... Probably four out of 10. Um, again, it really does hinge on results. Uh, uh, process wise, I, I think even process wise, you can really get on the party and William deals just for the age profiles. So yeah, probably a four out of 10. Gotcha.
1: Well, I, I agree that long term, it might not benefit you and you will have a lot of dead money, which is a very American phrase um, for for contracts like that. But yeah, it, I do think it benefits you. I think to your point, though, it's It's definitely worth it if it gets you back into the Champions League places, but if you're going to just end up in the Europa League again, was it worth that level of investment? And I guess time will tell in that regard. (laughs) Good news is that we have another transfer window in like 10 weeks, so uh, if you want to further further build on what you've done thus far, you can do so then. Speaking of what you've built thus far, it's a pretty good start to the season and a relatively quiet one, which is impressive considering all the craziness that's gone on since the start of this 2021 campaign. Thus far, six matches in all competitions, five wins, the one being a loss to Liverpool at Anfield, which I'd say you shouldn't feel too bad about, but we've seen some of those Liverpool <laughs> results lately. But on the whole, very positive start to the season. Are you feeling like with, with the transfers coming in, we've all mentioned that it benefits you now, the good start to the season, that you could really build into something this year?
2: Um, I think it would have to take a pretty radical uh, change in performances. To, oh, to get to top four. Like I think we could absolutely improve as a side. That's kind of part of what goes into all that with the party and Williams stuff is like I think we could clearly improve as a side and get, be a much better team than we were last season and still finish like seventh. Um so, I think we could be improving, just not to the point of top four. And even like this season, uh, the Fulham performance was unqualified success. We looked really good there. That was really nice. And like, I know that everyone will say it's Fulham, which, like, fair, but we were bad against the worst team in the league last year, too. So, like, the fact that we could put together any competent attacking performance and really, like, clear, easily win a game away against even a bad team is still really encouraging. Um, so, that was very good. The West Ham performance was less good. We ended up getting outshot shot 14 to seven um we did win so that's great bank and points is always good um but it's not necessarily uh, encouraging for future performances uh if Liverpool one we got destroyed but that is what it is they're very good they played well on the night like it's that was very top tier Liverpool performance um which is funny considering the next week but they were very good when they play at that level there's absolutely nothing we can do no shame in that is what it is um the Sheffield United performance is a weird one it's probably like we're a better time ta- better team um, but it wasn't a dominating performance like you would have liked to see against a team who is currently 19th and has scored one goal all season. Um, so that, that's, I don't know, that's kind of a, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll probably the way I feel about performance will probably shift one way or the other based on how the next performances go. Um, we'll see. But um, so, um, we could be building something, but we're still 19th in the shots this season. Uh, it's a small sample, obviously, it's four games, but it's not, you know, all that encouraging. Um, so I, I, I don't know. It's really hard for me to get positive even with the good results. Um, when I just not, I'm not sure we have the underlying indicators to think that they'll continue. Um, but who knows? Maybe, maybe party will make a huge difference. Maybe the attack will get more coherent. Um, I don't know. We'll see.
1: That's interesting, because in theory, your best 11 is now pretty good. I mean, the, the holes are definitely limited. Obviously, Louise is capable of making mistakes. Gabriel's been very good, but obviously young and in his first season uh, in the Premier League. But it, it looks a pretty strong first 11. Are, are you worried about depth, or, or what is it about the underlying statistics that just has you a little iffy? Because in theory, you're good in the attacking spaces. With Partey, you've strengthened in midfield. The defense has improved. In theory, Leno is back in and can continue to be what was it the halfway point last season where we said he'd probably been your best player at, at that point. Obviously, before the injury, in theory, you, to the you, restart, seem, yeah.
2: Yeah, you seem a pretty good team. The problem is the the attack is so theoretical because like our players are good, and like I I you know you put a attack of uh, a Willian, William, uh, a Pepe, or Lacazette. And Saka, and you're like, yeah, those four good players. But we've just never actually been a good attacking team under Arteta. Um, for all the talent there is, we've never put together a coherent attack. Um, so that that is really the thing. We've just they haven't shown it to me. Even and it's not like we've got some massive influx of new attacking players. We've had good attacking players, and we still haven't been able to put anything together. Um, you could argue if this would. Uh, you could argue maybe for more solid in defense now in midfield and we can put more, we can throw more resources forward. I'm not really sure that that's going to happen, but really that's the big thing. We just have never, yet. we are yet to prove that we are a good attacking team under Arteta, despite the personnel. Um, like I said, we're 19th in shots this season. We are only West Brom have taken fewer. Um, we weren't a particularly good attacking team under Arteta last season. I don't have the numbers up in front of me, but we were pretty mid-table um, in both ex- expected goals and shots. So that is really the concern. The fact that we just, we've never actually been a good attacking team despite the personnel under Arteta.
1: Gotcha. Well, we'll certainly keep an eye on all of that. We've already touched on it a couple of times now, but what are the expectations now? Is it is it maybe at least have a top-four fight? Maybe you don't last the whole run, or are you just going to be happy with any European spot again?
2: Um, I know the expectations around the club and the general fan base is top four, or at least top four push. Um, mine are a bit lower, if that isn't really obvious from the rest of the podcast. Um I just want us to be a better like a, a better team than we were last season, essentially. Like I, w- there is a world where we are just a clear we have a clear plan, but we are executing, we are a good attacking team, consistently outshooting our opponents, and we finish seventh, and I can be happy with that. Um it really is about performances for me. Uh, obviously, if, if I'm just wrong and we push on with these results and we're in the top four, five game of the season, but I'm going to want top four. But where I am now, it really is just be a better, improve, be a better team than we were last year, um, and hopefully, you know, get into European spots again uh, and try and push and try and take another step next season. Um, so yeah, but that's where I'm at now.
1: Yeah, gotcha. Well, you're currently in fourth. I would typically wish a guest luck on maintaining that. Although, obviously, uh, with with the allegiances on this particular segment, maybe harder to do for me. But I, I definitely think you have a chance. Um, just looking at my sheet, I realized I missed a question that I wanted to ask, and then we'll head out of here. Uh, which was, why did you wait so long to sign parte? It became drama on deadline day, but you ended up just paying the release clause you could have paid at any previous point. Were you keeping that money in reserve to try to track down Alwar, who at the last minute decided to just stay in France, or, or what, what led to that choice being made so late?
2: Uh, yeah, obviously, I only know so much. Um, according to the reporting in The Athletic, um, they just released an article on the whole Thomas Pardee um, courtship, if you will. Um, that seems to be the case. Um, it's not entirely clear, because we've been interested in Pardee for years, um, at least since 2018. Um and we were interested in them earlier in the window and tried to negotiate with Atleti and it just wasn't going to happen. And we could have paid release clause and we didn't. And we seemed like we were going for AOR and that didn't happen. So now on the last day, we just be like, okay, yeah, we'll pay the release clause now. Um, it, there does not seem to be a clear thought out reasoning or plan behind it other than maybe like we thought we could get AOR and then it didn't happen. So we went for part A. But that's kind of a weird transfer strategy because they're not similar. Um, they're all, very not similar, They're not at all similar. No. Um, so that's not the most encouraging um, for future windows, because, you know, I, it's it's always good when your team has a option A and they can't get the option A for the option B to look very similar to the option A because it shows they have a coherent plan and they know what they want. Um, this doesn't scream that. The Jorginho links actually do, because he's somewhat similar to Partey, who's, you know, they're both uh, good ball progressors, kind of in different ways, but they do. Their main uh, attribute is to progress the ball, Um, which is another thing about Partey. He's thought of as more of a defensive midfielder, but um, really the way he plays at Letty, and, like, his looking at his, what he does statistically, um, seems he's more of a box-to-box ball progressor guy. Um, Not that he can't win the ball, because... he really does, but that doesn't seem to be his biggest strength, which is just another mm. not, not a good or bad, just a thing to take into account. Um, but but back to the original point the Jorginho one, he actually is you know somewhat similar to Partey, the hour one, they're just totally different. Um, yeah, so my thinking nice, was, important.
1: what if they're just viewing Sub-Bios as as really tactically flexible and they were like. If we bring in Auer, we can play Sabayas further forward, or we can play him further back in a two, but if we bring in Partey, we can play him as more of a ten. Do you think maybe that's that's how they could work around from going from a pure attacking midfielder to a mostly defensive one?
2: Maybe. That is a sensible view. It is um, a theory. <laughs> I, it is a theory, yes. Um, I don't know if I really want um, Sabayas to play ten because he wasn't great at it un, uh, under Emery. Granted, that's under Emery, but, you know... Um, That that doesn't seem like his best position, but maybe. That would be a theory that would fit. So that's possible.
1: Gotcha. I'll take it then. (laughs) Well, we will leave it there, uh, talking about new Arsenal man Thomas Partey, the new number 18 uh, at the Emirates there. Uh, An absolute pleasure speaking with you, Dan. If you want to tell folks where they can find you or any of your work, now would be a good time.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on. You can get me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. Welcome to the party.